we're on year two of Earl Grant's tenure at Boston College, and the hope going into this year was high. You know, many thought that the NIT could have been a possibility. Many uh, maroon and gold uh, teamers thought that BC could even make it to the tournament. But after a series of crushing out-of-conference losses, followed by some really bad conference games, it looks like BC's basketball team is actually heading in the wrong direction. How could, on today's show, I want to look at this team. How concerned should we be about the future of BC basketball? What should we be looking at? What statistics are going in the right direction? What are going in the wrong direction? And how is this roster shaping up to show improvement, or is it going to be an issue? In addition, you folks have asked, I'm going to talk a little hockey. I'm going to talk a little bit women's basketball and everything else in between on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. I'm AJ Black. I'm the editor and publisher of Eagle Insider, part of the 247 Network. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Now, we're going to do a, a football free Friday here. Maybe that'll be a theme we'll go on f- forward. I, I have been following the basketball team. I cover them. They're not my favorite sport. I admit, I've admitted that before. Football is my bread and butter. But I love basketball, you know, and I want to see this team do well because when basketball is doing well at Boston College, it's a fun program to follow. But we're going to year, what, 10, 12, 13, a BC playing feckless football, uh, basketball. And this year was especially hard because it looked like at the end of last season that BC had to had started to build some momentum, that it looked like they were heading in – you know, like they were going to start to win some games. They were going to start to, um, you know, get some, you know, mojo going in the conference. And it hasn't gone that way. BC has really struggled. They're sitting at, I believe it's either eight or 10 or eight of 11. I've lost track of their record. Eight and 11, excuse me. They've lost four in a row. And, you know, three, two of those losses were big blowouts to Miami and Wake Forest. And fairness, they were in it against Wake, you know, against, North Carolina, and they almost beat Duke, but you don't win in, in almost in, in anything else other than hand grenades and horseshoes. So, the point of this episode is, you know, we're into we've gone through fifty games of Earl Graham. How concerned are we about the future of this program, or is this just growing pains on the way to something positive? It, it does. Is this like something that we should be looking at and saying, okay? You know, Al Skinner, he in year three, he struggled. You know, other coaches, they have struggled on their way to success. Just give him another year. Well, let's look at the statistics. I I, I need to look at numbers because you want to see progress. And, when, you know, in terms of perspective, yes, Quinton Post was out for a majority of this year. But when you're a team that has bragged about being deep going into the season, you'd expect that they'd still be enough. You'd have enough people to get through that. So I, I look, I went on to Ken Palm and if you know who Ken Palm is, he's one of the best um, college basketball statistical analysis out there. 
to and I, I went in there blind and I was just like, okay, where has BC gotten better and where have they f- still not progressed? And the numbers kind of shocked me because it, it, it's exactly what you think it is. The offense, which has never found its footing under Earl Grant, has has gone backwards. So in terms of adjusted efficiency, that's looking at how efficient the offense is. They are 200th and 274th in the country. And that is down from last year where they were 146th. This offense has regressed tremendously this year. Why is that? Is it just Quinton Post? Is it just because they had Prince Oligby out for a bit? Is it because they lost Donald Hand? I mean, you brought Mason Madsen in. He was supposed to be an offensive, you know, shooter. He hasn't done much of anything. And to fall back that much, that that's concerning. That is very concerning. And if you look at, you know, some of the other offensive numbers, they, they're stagnant. You um, Three-point shooting is atrocious. It's been atrocious for the last two years, but it's actually gone backwards. But it, I mean, last year it was bad. This year, it, it, I mean, really bad. This year is like worse than the country bad. They're 357th in the country in three-point shooting percentage. 240th in two-point shooting percentage. So I, I'm not going to dive into every statistical analysis there. They cannot shoot the ball. And Earl Grant had a year to fix that. And maybe Donald Hand would have been the answer. Maybe he would have been the guy to shoot it, but he would have been a freshman. And how many freshmen come in and even if they're a four-star recruit, turn his program around? It doesn't happen that often. It takes time. I mean, Prince Oligby had a first a good few, first few games, but you know, he's not a game changer yet. He could be. They both could be turned into it. But this offense is is absolutely not heading in the right direction and you're watching the games. And even if you're not a, a uh, X's and O's basketball guy, and I'm not, I'm not going to get into, you know, the high, low pick and roll and they're not doing this and that you watch the offense and you, you, anyone with a pair of eyes can see it. If you're just a fan that are, are watching this team, you can see where the, the, the issues lie with that offense. It, it's just, passing around the perimeter. They're, they're hesitant to, 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 to be aggressive. They are aggressive at times, but they can't really be aggressive because defenses can clamp down on them down low and, and in the inside the circle, because they know that no one on this team can shoot the three point, the three point shot. So I look at this and I say, the offense is not heading in the right direction. Now the defense, the defense is, is is as concerning to me as the offense is because that is what Earl Grant is recruiting for. That is how he's made his culture of this team is that gritty, not pretty, right? And gritty, not pretty means you, 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 you hammer away to, to make wins. BC's defense is not bad this year, but it's certainly not like it's not enough to cover for the offense. And it's actually around what it was last year. They're 106th in adjusted efficiency. They are, they're doing pretty well there. They're do, you know, they're allowing, um, they're, you know, uh, two point shots. They're 139th in the country. The big number though, on a defense, this is the number that of all the defensive numbers that I was like, wow, is their three point defense. 
They are 332nd in the country in three-point shooting defense. So on top of being the worst three-point shooting team in the country, they're one of the they're right there. They're what 20 spots below, 332nd in three-point defense. They're getting killed behind the line, both on offense and defense. That is a major problem, and I'm concerned about that. I'm concerned that that's going to be an issue. They This is the same thing that happened last year. They were 303-point percentage on offense and 320th on defense last year. So no progress, possible regression there. The statistics are showing this program hasn't gone anywhere in one year. And in our second segment, I'm going to look at is this enough to be concerned or is this just growing pains for BC? We'll be back in just a moment. As well, first of all, we're going to talk about our friends over at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. BetOnline is my favorite. If you need to go out there and you want to go out and make your bets, BetOnline's got you covered. They have the latest odds. They've got sports podcasts. I go there over, over the weekend. You can find the odds in all the, the different um, prop bets that you want for anything you could think of. I mean, Royal Rumble season's coming around. If you want to watch, if you like wrestling, you can get that on bet online. They're the fastest and easiest way to get all your betting information. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Head over to bet online where the game starts. This is locked on BC. I am your host, AJ black. In our first segment, I, list, I I broke down a few key statistics. I also forgot about free throw percentage, which BC is also atrocious in. They are, uh, I just lost it. I had it right in front of me. They are 242nd in the country in free throw shooting. Their opponents are 88th. So it tells you where BC is kind of lacking there too. Now, moving ahead, is, is Earl Grant, building a sustainable program here at Boston college that can get wins that can eke out some big victories given the way that he's building this roster. Now you look at the recruits and in to Earl Grant's defense, I feel like he's done a nice job in his first two years of getting recruits. He's brought in six, his first year, this year right now, he brought in four. He brought Well, he's actually had three years. He brought in Jaden Zachary. He brought in Devin McLaughlin. And um, I'm blanking on another one from last year. I know he had others. Those are the two big ones I can think of right now. But this year, he brought in um, DJ Hand, Prince Oligby, Armani Mighty, and Chaz Kelly. Four guys that got a lot of praise in recruiting circles. I, I I do a lot of coverage on recruiting. A lot of folks had a lot of praise because you had two four stars in there. You had a high um, foreign player in Armani Mighty who had a lot of upside to him. Then you go into next year, you have a borderline four-star center and Jalen Hastings coming in. You also have a good combo guard in Fred, Fred Payne from Texas who also had a lot of praise. But you've you got a good blend of things. But one thing that I, I haven't seen yet, and it could be just because DJ hands hurt, and that that's fair enough. It, it's it's just not the rest of the roster is not built that way, is I don't see a shooter. Fred Payne is coming in next year is not a shooter. He is very much a, uh, a defensive-minded guard, kind of like Chaz Kelly is. Uh, Jalen Hastings, Jaden Hastings, excuse me, 
is a center. And I was just reading a scouting report on him that said, yeah, he's a good defender and a good rim protector, but he has no offensive game. That's the same thing with Armani Mighty. That's the same thing with Chaz Kelly. So you're seeing a majority of their recruits are defensive minded, but lack the, the skills to get points. That to me is concerning. Yes, you got talented guys, but unless BC becomes the next UVA and, and really becomes like a drag them out, you know, scoring 50 points a game, letting up 48 points a game, something crazy like that, this defense is not going to be enough. You don't have elite defenders to be a, a, a great defensive team in the ACC because that's what you need. When you're playing in this conference, you need to be elite in defense if you want to be in the top top upper echelon, or even to be a 500 team to be you know tournament eligible. Um, so that's something that concerns me, and because I go into next year, and I'm looking at this roster, you're losing Makai Ashton Langford. He's been around for 14 years, it feels like, in between Providence and BC. We don't know about other players like Quentin Post, Demar Langford. They could you know, either transfer, play another year. Who knows what's going to happen with them? Jaden Zachary has, has been okay, but is he an elite scorer? He hasn't shown it this year. He's been, he's, he's had his moments, but he's not as his, I feel like his three point shooting hasn't been consistent this year. Mason Madsen. I'm not going to get into that. He's not, he's not the answer. Um, And, you know, I, I think, I think, it's still too early. I agree with what Mark Falzone said. Mark Falzone in a comment section, if you're listening, you should join too. Said, not concerned yet. Too many injuries means the team hasn't gelled yet. The DJ hand injury is a huge loss, and he is the shooter we need on the floor. Coach needs time. Let's support the team. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, I am not ready to jump off the Earl Grant shift ship. Unlike the Jim Christians and Steve Donahue's, I feel like he has a system. And I feel like he's recruiting. The kids believe in him. It's just he's playing with a bunch of guys right now that aren't his guys. I mean, I love DeMar, the Langford brothers, but they're Jim Christian guys. Quentin Post is a transfer. Uh, you know, you, you've got a, some younger guys that just need time. Prince of Ligby and, and Armani Mighty and Chaz Kelly need time. And you're going to hit and miss on the transfer portal. That's just the nature of the beast. And I think Mason Madsen's been kind of a miss, but who knows? It could just be a system thing too, because Brevin Galloway's having a pretty good year with Clemson, and he he had a he had a tough year last year too. So I don't know, but I'm going to leave this off with Peter Caruso in our comment section again. If you haven't listened to us on YouTube, subscribe. And for man, I I made a challenge to listeners last night about um, joining our YouTube page, and I want to ask you again to do it because the closer we get to a thousand, the happier you're going to make me. Um, to, to really, um, thank you because I asked to try to get to 700 subscribers yesterday. I got like 10 subscribers last night. We're at like 710. So thank you to each and every single one of you who did that. Um, so Peter Caruso, you're out there and I thank you for, for commenting. He said, whoever he here. Whoever here hasn't attended a game this season, please attend a game to support them. We desperately need another win or two this year. Well, this weekend, BC gets Notre Dame. Notre Dame, who uh, Mike Bray just announced that he's retiring at the end of this year. They're playing in South Bend. They're going to, after hearing this news, that team's going to be jazzed up. But this is a, one of those winnable games. There's not a ton of winnable games left on the schedule. You got Louisville, you got some other games that maybe you could win. 
after playing a tough game stretch like this, BC needs to go to Notre Dame and win because Notre Dame is not very good. And BC beat them already this year. Get another win. And we'll have to wait and see. Now, in our last segment, I'm going, our football free Friday continues as we look at ice hockey. I know a lot of you folks out there are big ice hockey fans. So we're going to talk a little bit about what Greg Brown has done for the Eagles. We're also going to look at women's basketball. Who's been having a great season, a good season so far, even though they had a tough loss to UVA this week and anything else that's going on uh, with uh, some programs that don't involve playing on the gridiron. We'll be back in just a moment. Now, if you know me, you know, I love the built bar because it's a delicious treat. And I don't want fat and calories. So you, if you're like me, you got to try the Built Bar. We just got through the holidays and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. And if you're like me, you want to eat healthier and you won't want to compromise taste. And I'm telling you, you're not going to compromise taste because the Built Bars are delicious and they're 100% covered in, in, in chocolate. They have delicious flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almond. They, they, they rock the macro game. If you count your macros, you're going to love what they have. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping get this 17 grams of protein. You're not going to beat that. So make sure you head over to built.com and you're going to get 15% off. If you use lock 15, but also they're available now at Sam's club and Walmart. If you go over to the nearest Walmart and go over to the pharmacy section, you can grab yourself a box of built bars. How great is that? Save on the shipping and handling, get it at your local, your local store. Boom. You're set up. So go to built.com use promo code lock 15 or go to Sam's club and Walmart. You will not regret it. Built.com. You'll love the built bar. This is locked on BC, AJ Black, and we are kind of wrapping up here our conversation about everything that doesn't involve Jeff Halfley and the basketball team. Yeah, basketball, football team. So we had just talked about basketball for a couple of segments, but I also want to talk about some of the other teams that are on campus, women's basketball specifically. Now I haven't. I have. I admit I have not been a big follower of women's basketball this year. I, I get into it when they get in a good groove because Joanna McNamee puts together a good program um, when they're playing well, and and she's had uh, some really good weeks. They beat uh, Florida State and NC State just a week ago, and that was a big week. Dontavia Wagner was named ACC Player of the Week. There was um, and I'm blanking on her name. I'm sure Mark's going to throw it in the comment section. That was Freshman of the Week. Um, and right now, as I record, this is 830 on, on Thursday. They're battling a very good Louisville team. They're only down by three points as I record this. So this is a team that looks very good. Like they're heading in the right direction. And they had to replace their entire roster, basically, as most of the, the stars you had, you were left with, you know, a few players here and there ended up in the transfer portal. And... um. You know, the, she goes out. She uh, and and Joanna McNamee goes out and gets a a high recruit out of um, Canada that's doing really well, and they're playing very they're playing strong basketball right now. Now they had a tough loss this week. They lost to a bad Virginia team, um, and that was that was tough, but. I think this program is still continuing to head in the right direction. And they've been really fun to watch. Now they've got some freshmen. That, here's the name I was looking for. I was looking for Tana Mayer. Um, and I'm probably messing her name up. I apologize if I, if I got it wrong. Um, but T- Taylor Mayer. And then they've got Allie Carmen, who hasn't really played all that much. 
uh, and Tayana Todd, Todd, who's the big one from, from, um, she is from Canada. And I, I love getting to, to know some of these, these new names. She's a six foot old guard from IMG Academy who has already a 20 point game against Holy cross. You know, they've got some good players. So congratulations to the women's basketball team. Hopefully they pull this one off. Uh, Mark Falzone just says they're down 50 to 38, 50 to 48 after three quarters. Okay. Um, and so that's that's women's basketball. Now let's look at let's look at men's hockey uh, because this is a fun team, and obviously there's a big, big, big um, following of this program. They are nine and six right now. They're a top twenty team. They've played better of late. They beat Sacred Heart. They beat UMass. Beating UMass is always fun. They beat them at at Fenway. Uh, they've got a, a weekend where they could particularly take advantage of some nice wins with Vermont. They do a home and away. I'm uh, sorry, a home and home against Vermont uh, on Friday and Saturday night. Now you go in 11 and six, you're feeling pretty good. They got cut a Gothier back who is easily their best. I think, I mean, my opinion, one of their best, the best player. He's a first round draft pick by the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, you know, he missed some times for the world juniors. And um, I think he's going to be a big, big asset. And, and really, you know, start to come on when they need it. He has not, he leads the team. He's played 15 games. He's played less than some, their next highest score by three games and has 19 points. He leads the team with 11 goals. Uh, he's good. He's very good. And I think he's going to really help this team down the stretch. So um, we'll get, we're going to wrap this up. This is our Friday episode this weekend. You know, as I just said, you've got the UVM games, you've got, um, you have the the uh, Notre Dame game, and and there's going to be recruiting news too. I'm sure if you haven't already on Eagle, subscribe to Eagle Insider. There is um there's a recruiting weekend. I am going to hopefully get the list of uh, of p- potential visitors from the staff. I usually do, and we'll talk about all those guys that are there. Now there could be more transfer portal news. I've heard buzz of some stuff. I can't go with it yet, but keep your ears open. Uh, there, there's that. There's also co- uh, coordinator news that we haven't heard yet. We haven't heard who they were, they're going to replace. You know, we don't know what's going to happen there. But if you want your news, head over to Eagle Insider. Subscribe. You can get your subscription for the year. You're going to get locked in. And subscribe to the, our YouTube channel. If you're new, I don't, Drew Adams, I haven't seen you out there, but I see you commenting out there. Hit that subscribe button right now. It helps out the podcast tremendously. It doesn't cost you a cent. So thank you all for listening. I'm heading out. I'm going to be uh, checking out this weekend and, and relaxing with my kids. And my son got his first BC jersey this week for Christmas. He was so excited about it. Like he goes, Dada, I got a BC jersey. Um, and so he's very pumped about that. Um, and so I'm going to be watching probably the Notre Dame game with him because he he does not like Notre Dame. Uh, he's four, but he's getting to know. He knows. He, the thing is he loves college football symbols and he's catching on really quick. So we'll be watching the game this weekend. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll get him into the BC stuff. Believe me. Uh, the, the Rutgers game to start off his his BC career was not a good start, but we'll, we'll, we'll find some moments for him. Um, so this is AJ. Okay. Hold on. I'm going to get this because David Smith has asked me again, AJ, why don't you love, why don't you like hockey? You are from mass. Okay. First of all, not everyone from Massachusetts likes hockey. Um, <laughs> uh, and I do like hockey. I, I have said this on the podcast before. I like hockey, but I run a site by myself. I have two kids and another daytime job. I can't watch 
BC sports all the time, like every BC sport. So certain ones had to go. I don't have Nesson on YouTube TV. So basically every BC hockey game is not available to me. And it's always on like Friday and Saturday nights. It's like after a long week, last thing I want to do is like, is watch BC hockey. I I love it. I used to have season tickets before. I do like it. I just don't have the time for it anymore. I had to give up something. I can't do BC every moment of my life. I, I write about it. I do watch it, but um, that's a great question, David. I do. I do love BC hockey. I have a, in my, my, my daytime office, I have a Jerry York poster in my office. So it's, it's not that I don't like hockey. I just, I don't have a time to cover it. So if you're out there and you want to cover BC hockey for me, for our Eagle insider, I don't have a lot to pay for it, but if you want to join up, just let me know, hit me up on Twitter at AJ black underscore BC. Well, I'm heading out. Thank you all. Have a great weekend.